Let's talk about what type of investor you are. Now, let me use myself as an example. I am a value investor, but I'm also a dividend investor. Now, a value investor is an investor that likes to look at companies when they're selling at a discount, and that's when you want to buy them. You want to buy them and you want to hold on to them, buy and hold. That's the type of investor that I am. Now, not because I'm a value investor or a dividend paying stock investor, that doesn't mean that I don't dibble and dabble in other types of investments. Now, if I look at one of my accounts, so my ally account, I have multiple brokerage accounts, but my ally account, I have about 58K in my ally account. And I use that account specifically for value investments. And that account spits out about between 200 and 250 dollars a month in dividend income now besides being a value investor i also dibble and dabble in day trading and there are other options available when it comes to trying to figure out what type of investor you are the best way to do it is just to test go out there experiment with different investing styles so let's say you want to be a day trader or you want to be a swing trader or you want to do Forex, or you want to do options trading. There are going to be people that tell you, don't do it, just stick with something that's safe, something that's conservative. But honestly, it's all about you going out there and testing to see what you gravitate towards. So when I started investing, I started investing in index funds, mutual funds, bonds. But when I did some additional research, I found out that value investing is my preferred style of investing. Now, I still use techniques from other styles of investing, like I mentioned. For example, day trading. Whenever I am ready to invest in a specific company or in a specific stock, I do use day trading techniques. But when it comes to specifically an investing style that you need to pay attention to, there's a couple of different things that you need to pay attention to. For example, how risky are you? How risk averse are you? So usually the younger you are, the more risk you are willing to take on. Risk meaning investing in stocks that are risky, maybe even penny stocks. Now, if you're a lot older or even if you're retired, you want to be a lot more on the conservative side. So you want to invest in safe securities like bonds even dividend paying companies and there might be a split there might be a, a 60 40 split a 50 50 split but when it comes to investing is it really comes down to what you gravitate towards and it comes down to experimenting even when i talk to some of my friends they let me know that yeah i want to do day trading i want to do this i want to do that and i always tell them just go ahead just Test it, see if, if it works. So even if you don't want to use your own money, you can always open up a paper trading account. So with a paper trading account, you let's say you go to a company like TD Ameritrade or you go to tdameritrade.com. You can set up a paper trading account. Now, a paper trading account acts like a realistic brokerage account, but the money that's in it is fake money. It's paper money, paper trading. So that's something that you can test, but... I never paper traded because there's a thing for putting your own money into the stock market because emotionally, you're going to have to be able to 
see that the value of your investment is going down, for example, in a, in a stock market crash or even in a bear market, and you want to have the emotional capability to handle that. With paper trading, yes, you can go in and, and, and trade, but even if the stock goes up or down, it's not going to have that emotional connection. Now, so when it comes to your investing style, going back to your investing style, your age has a lot to do with it, of course. The younger you are, the more risky you are. Um, it's also good to see, like, of course, how much money you have. If you have a little bit of money or compared to like a lot, if you have a lot of money, you might be more prone to to try out different things compared to if you have a little bit of money because you want to be safe and secure. You want to make sure that your money grows. You don't want to lose any money. And that's the type of investor that I am as a value investor also. I don't like losing money. But as a value investor, I sleep very well at night. So even if the stock market is up, down, or trading sideways, I'm still doing good because I'm generating dividends. Now, like I said, the being a value investor is not the only thing that I do. I also like to invest in um, index funds. So the, the S&P 500 index fund, I have a Vanguard account where I just pretty much just focus on investing in the S&P 500. And then I have some separate brokerage accounts that I test different strategies in. So one of the strategies that I was testing was investing in companies outside of the U.S. But I've quickly learned that you have to be careful with that because I invested in a Chinese mobile company and it actually got banned from the U.S., that company. So I was luckily I was able to get my money back, but it could be a situation that if you invest in a company outside of the U.S. and there might be some economic turmoil going on that you might lose your money because that almost happened to me. So let me know what you guys think when it comes to investing, what your style is. Let me know what your style is or what you would rather try investing in. So if it, it might be day trading, it might be swing trading, options trading, forex, crypto. Let me know what you guys are focused on investing right now. So let's talk about some of the resources you can use in order to start investing in the stock market. Now, if you're new to investing and you want to get your feet wet, get some knowledge on investing, the best place to start will always be books. Now, you can go to your local library. You can even go to Amazon.com or like a Barnes and Nobles. But let's say you go to your local library, go to the um, investing section and you're more than likely going to see books such as Investing for Dummies, Stock Market Investing for Dummies, Bond Investing for Dummies, or even books on index funds, ETFs. Those are all good um, books to start out with. Now, if you're looking for specific authors or high-profile investors, Warren Buffett, my favorite, Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's partner, Peter Lynch, he also has a couple of good books. So those are three um, high-profile investors that you that I learned a lot from. Now, when it comes to online resources, when it comes to actually investing in the stock market, I like to use online resources to make my investing easier and more streamlined. Now, one of the sites that I like to use is finfis.com. Now, whenever I want to see how the overall stock market is performing, I just 
go to finfist.com, pull up a S&P 500 stock chart, and I see how that how the market is performing for that particular day or time period. Another site that I like to use is Morningstar.com. So Morningstar allows me to see how an individual company or even a fund, such as a mutual fund or an index fund, is performing. So with an individual company, I might see, um, might just go to Morningstar, look at how much revenue a company is generating, look at their net income, look at their their balance sheet, etc. Now, when it comes to dividend information, I like to use GuruFocus.com because I'm a value investor. I'm a dividend investor. Now, I might just go to GuruFocus.com, plug in a, a ticker symbol, and I might look at the dividend payout ratio, the dividend growth rate. And I like GuruFocus because they present all that information in an efficient way. Another website that I like to use is SeekingAlpha.com. So Seeking Alpha is a website that you can go to and there's a lot of investors like you and myself that write articles about particular companies. So let's say you want to invest in a company such as Coca-Cola. Just go to Seeking Alpha, plug in the Coca-Cola ticker symbol and you'll see a slew of articles that you have access to and you can see what other investors are talking about. In this case, Coca-Cola. Uh, one other side that I also like to use, stockcharts.com. So if I'm not in my brokerage account, such as a, like a TD Ameritrade, and I cannot see a stock chart because I don't have access to it because I'm not logged in, I like to use stock charts to quickly plug in like a, a company that I'm ready to invest in and see how that stock chart is trending because I still want to buy companies at a discount. So I just go to stock charts, plug in the, the ticker symbol, I pull in the overlays and I pull in my indicators. And then after that, I can make that decision if I wanna log into my actual brokerage account in order to buy that company. And I'll link all these um, different descriptions, I'll, all these different um, resources in the description. Now, another thing that I also do like to um, look at is a company's annual report. So, Let's let's use Coca-Cola again. Let's say I want to invest in Coca-Cola. It's been a while since I've looked at some of their, their metrics. I'll just pull up their latest annual report and I'll go through it, make sure that all the numbers are okay, what I'm looking for pretty much. And that also is a good um, resource to use, the annual report of a company. And I think I, I hit made the major ones. If there's one or two that I'm still using that I forgot about, I'll link all of them in the um, in the description. So yeah, let me know what you guys think of this video. If you guys like videos like this, and also let me know if you guys are using specific uh, resources, because we could go even further. We could even like pull in YouTube, and there might be specific YouTubers that talk about investing. But I'm just keeping it simple right now. Books, online resources. That's where that's all you need right now. So today I want to talk about how I started out investing. Now we gotta go back like way back to 2006, 2007. And I was working a retail job. I didn't know that much about investing. And our company had a 401k. Um so a representative came in from the 401k company. And we had a meeting, 
and a bunch of people went to the meeting and of course the representative talked about like the different things you need to think about um, rolling over your assets um, how to set up your 401k some of the things that you can think about when you want to start investing into a 401k now i was in the meeting and i looked around and i only saw like old people in the meeting i didn't see any young people and i'm like everybody was like 50 plus i was like one of the only like young people in the meeting and i'm like that doesn't make any sense because i went to the 401k meeting because i wanted to know like okay this is this has to do with your retirement i want to retire as fast as possible that was my mindset but everybody else like all the the, the young people that worked at the company they just wanted to buy stuff like immediately with their with their money they wanted to buy like headphones, iPhones, shoes, bags, etc., etc. Like I, I already had the mindset of like, no, I want to start investing. I want to know what this is about so I can quit as fast as possible. Now, in the um, in the 401k meeting, I was still a little bit confused, but I, I got the gist of it. But I wanted to know a little bit more. So I went to like a local library and I started getting books about investing and specifically like the dummies books like investing for dummies mutual funds for dummies etc etc so i started investing while i was working at the company didn't pay too much attention to it and when i left the company i had to roll over my um 401k which was a, a rat no which was some um, pre-tax and I had to roll it over into a rod. No, I think it was after taxes. Either pre-tax or after. No, it was after tax. I had to roll it over into a um, a rod IRA. And back then, there was a company called Scottrade. That company doesn't exist anymore because they got bought out by um, TD Ameritrade. So I ended up rolling over my 401k into a Scottrade account. Ever wonder what it's like to mix business with pleasure? Then welcome to Happy Hour Holidays, where every episode is a celebration of stories, insights, and laughter. Join us, Sean and Manny Fabre, as we chat with fascinating guests from all walks of life, sharing their stories, uncovering secrets to success, and of course, enjoying a good laugh over a drink or two. So if you love engaging stories and a touch of humor, hit subscribe and dive into Happy Hour Holidays. Your adventure starts now. And the, the first thing that I noticed was that I had a million options compared to what I could choose from when I was working at the company. So whenever you work at a company, you, you're always going to you're always going to have a limited amount of securities that you can invest in. So there, there's probably going to be a couple of index funds. You might invest in the company stock and also um, a target date fund. Now, when I got into Scottrade. I noticed that I could invest in all these different individual stocks, mutual funds, bonds, etc., etc. And still didn't know too much, even though I read a couple of the books on investing. But what I did do and reading through the books and looking at um, advice online, a lot of people were talking about um, index funds and also um, ETFs. So... 
I started investing in the S&P 500 index fund from Vanguard. That's the one that I invested in. And this was back in 2008 when I rolled it over. I left it. I didn't even look at it. And I came back maybe three years after that. 28, 2008, 09, 10, 11. Yeah, three to four years. Logged into my account. And I noticed that my... Even though I didn't have enough, a lot of money invested, I did notice that the money that I did have invested grew a considerable amount. I think it grew by like eight to ten percent each year. And it was at that specific moment that I saw the the progress of compounding. So you invest a little bit of money, and even though I didn't look at it every single year, I looked at it after three to four years. I noticed how my money grew. That sparked my interest a lot more in um, in investing. So any other company that I worked at, I made sure to invest in the 401k and especially get that match. Now, let's forward all the way to 2014. So we're going to we're going to skip a, a bunch of years when I just invested in um, like index funds and I was experimenting with with some other things here and there but in 2014 I learned about dividend investing and I'm not necessarily sure how I got into that topic but I do remember that there was a guy called I think his name was Jason Fieber he talked a lot about dividend investing and there's also a blog on what's the blog called again dividendinvestinggrowth.com I'll I'll link the blog in the in the description and pretty much following those two um the blog and Jason Fieber what he was talking about he even wrote a book about dividend investing that sparked my interest even more in dividend investing and I started looking at other people who invested in dividends and that's when I also learned a little bit more about what Warren Buffett does, how he invests. So in 2015, I started experimenting with dividend investing. Actually, 2014, I started investing with, experimenting with dividend investing. And whenever I would buy a company, I would always, I saw my value decline, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. But that kind of pushed me into learning some day trading techniques also. So whenever I buy, I make sure to buy when a stock is oversold. Now, I was ex the reason why I was experimenting with dividend investing is because I was following everybody else's rules. And whenever you follow somebody, you're always going to be a step behind when, when it comes to dividend investing. Because as a value investor, as a dividend investor, you want to get shares when they're selling at a discount. So... By the time the news gets to you, you might be buying the shares when it's overvalued. So I was looking at all the metrics and how other people are investing in dividends. And then I took those metrics and kind of made them my own. So I put my own spin to it. And that's how I really got into dividend investing. Now, as a dividend investor, I don't invest every single day in the stock market. And sometimes I forget which metrics I need to look at. Because that happened, I'm like, okay, 
I don't invest in dividend um, stocks all this every single day because I'm only waiting for moments when the stocks are selling at a discount. But in the meantime, what do I do then? So I wrote down a quick manual, you would say, just for myself on the different things that I look at when I want to invest in a dividend paying stock. Now, when I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? Instead of just writing it for myself, let me expand it more and, and write it for you know family and friends because a lot of people have questions on investing in the stock market. And it's not a topic that I can talk about in one minute because people might ask me, what are you investing in? Why do you invest in these different things? And it takes a, a little bit longer than just a one minute conversation to explain stuff to them. So when I was writing my manual, I'm like, you know what? Instead of just making it for me, like a case study, things that I look at, let me expand it a little bit more and let me make it for, you know, friends and family that usually have questions about how to invest in the stock market. So I started writing my book. And this was back in like 2015-ish, 2014-2015. And then I thought about it because while I was writing it, I kind of got into it and I wanted to give even more information on stuff that I knew about. So I thought about, you know what? Instead of just writing it for myself and, my, and for my friends and family, let me write it for the world. So that's how I approached the book that I wrote, my very first book. And the book is called um, Smart Investors Keep It Simple. You can, you can still get it on Amazon. You can get it on Audible also. So I published that book in, I think, late 2015 or 2016. I think I published it in 2015. You can see it on Amazon. Just look at the, the publishing date. And ever since then, 2015, I've been heavy into investing in dividend-paying stocks, waiting for specific moments when stocks are selling at a discount. And even if you look, look in my book, you can see I still have the same, maybe a little bit tweaked, but the same watch list that I have now of stocks that I pay attention to and look for or look towards buying, look into buying whenever they, they're selling at a discount. Now, that's that's kind of my history when it comes to investing. Started in 20... Oh, nice. Looking at a, at a cool airplane. Um, started investing in 2006-ish. And all the way up to like what, 2022 now, 2023, 2022. And started investing in dividends heavily in like 2015. That's when I really got into dividend investing. And the cool thing that I liked about dividend investing is that I can buy an asset and still hold on to it while it's paying me a dividend. It's paying me passive income. So if you think about it, your asset might go up and down in value because look at what's happening in the stock market now. We're in a downturn. Even the crypto market isn't doing too well. But while I'm holding on to those um, dividend-paying stocks, I'm still getting cash flow. I'm still getting money sent my way on a on a quarterly basis. Some, um, actually, actually one stock that I have based on a monthly basis, but usually they pay quarterly. Now check this out. If you guys like my podcast, which is about investing, personal finance, crypto, and more, then definitely keep listening to my podcast. Also, you can follow me on my YouTube channel, 
which is under my name, Giovanni Richters. So I'll catch you guys in the next episode.